Hello, this is Esty here from SA Natural Products, the home of living naturally. And with me in studio is Dr. David Nodia, homeopath, medical advisor to SANP, and also head of the medical research department of SA Natural Products. Welcome, Dr. Dave. Thank you. Great to be here. And we have a really important topic to talk about today. So I'm excited. So today's topic is adrenal fatigue burnout. Mm. Is it the same thing, adrenal fatigue and burnout? It's an interesting question because we often get names wrong. And when we get names wrong and we call things by the incorrect names, it causes confusion. Yes. So there are lots of different terms out there that describe the same thing. Medically, there's a term called burnout. It has a, a diagnostic code. It's billable from a medical burnout. point of view. It's burnout. I would have thought it would have been for adrenal fatigue. No, this is burnout. where it gets really interesting. The term burnout exists as a medical diagnosis. But when you look at it, it refers specifically to burnout in the occupational context, i.e. job burnout. Okay. okay. That is recognized. And this is the definition, a state of vital exhaustion, which is quite interesting because vitality, as we know it as a term, is something that is very hard to measure objectively. Mm. It's it's qualitative. Yeah, it's it's qualitative. It's a subjective. Yes. You can't measure vitality. Maybe you can fill in a questionnaire, but vitality is a very subjective thing. But orthodox medicine recognizes burnout with this definition. It also recognizes adrenal exhaustion, okay? Okay. Or what is also known as adrenal insufficiency. That's probably the more official term. So adrenal insufficiency is a recognizable medical term. And basically what that means is the adrenal glands have virtually failed completely in their function. Medicine recognizes adrenal insufficiency. It recognizes burnout. Okay. But it doesn't connect the two together at all. So burnout is one thing and adrenal insufficiency is another thing. Correct. Strictly speaking, the two are not officially connected in the medical context. All right, which is also a bit odd. And then we have adrenal fatigue, which is what our topic is today. Now, adrenal fatigue is, and we'll discuss how it works, but you'll see that adrenal fatigue fits in between these two somewhere. Okay. But yet adrenal fatigue, in using that terminology, is not a fully recognized medical term. Because fatigue just means it is tired, it is exhausted, where insufficiency means it's not making what it should be Correct. making. Correct. Correct. Okay. And Adrenal insufficiency can be measured very clearly on a blood test, Yes. whereas adrenal fatigue is not so easy to measure objectively. So the point I'm making is that orthodox medicine will accept burnout as a diagnostic term, and which is a state of on subjectives. Questions. You can't measure it. Okay. So it'll accept that wow. as a state of vital exhaustion. It'll accept adrenal insufficiency measurable on the blood test, also called Addison's disease, by the okay. way. Okay. But there's nothing else in between, which is where the problem lies. Because in practice, we know there's huge scope for an in-between these two. And yet it's not fully recognizable. But I think as we go along, we'll explain how it works uh, okay. and we'll, it'll make a bit more sense. So are we talking today Addison's or are we talking today burnout? Or are we talking the whole thing? Well, we'll, we'll touch on Addison's and okay. we'll touch on burnout, but we're talking adrenal fatigue, which is something that is extremely common. Addison's is so rare. You're looking between 
one and four people per 100,000. So it's something you might see once or twice in a career of practice, unless maybe you're an endocrinologist. But Addison's disease or adrenal insufficiency is extremely rare. It's a dangerous medical condition that warrants specialized care. It could even be life-threatening. So we're not talking about that. Okay. If you understand that condition, you can understand how adrenal fatigue works. Okay, so let me ask you then this question. Does adrenal fatigue, does it lead to Addison's? In my experience, the person with adrenal fatigue does not have Addison's. They don't have adrenal failure. They just have a weakened function. I suppose if it really, really got to an extreme level, but usually the one doesn't lead to the other. I'm just thinking if it's, if something is chronic mm. and you constantly, mm. you just don't get over it, mm. can it lead to that? Yeah, in my and experience, I don't, I don't see that developing. Okay. Maybe it's because we help those patients before okay. they get there. <laughs> and is Addison's disease something that has been switched on that you can't switch off? Yeah, so there's different causes of Addison's disease. But it basically with Addison's, the adrenal cortex, which is part of the adrenal gland, is just unable to produce enough cortisol. Okay. All right. So, okay, so for, that's what it, it could is. be an autoimmune disease. It could be uh, some genetic problem, but the actual gland has failed and it's not making the hormone uh, or making very, very little. That's Addison's disease. So does this person need to take adrenaline constantly? Yep. They will need some form of uh, chronic medication if the adrenals are not working properly. Usually they, it would involve some sort of corticosteroids possibly as well, as a, wow. especially in the acute emergency scenario. Addison's disease, adrenal okay. insufficiency, that's sitting on the extreme. So okay. we, we, very rare, not encountered in practice that often, but fully recognized. We're going to talk about adrenal fatigue, which yes. is a milder version of this, okay. much, much more common. And you'll, as we go on, we'll understand why. So why does it happen? We just think about our daily lifestyles, the stresses of modern life, the pace at which we exist. And I'm not only referring to in the occupational space, our personal lives. Effectively, we are much, much more stressed as human beings than we ever have been before. So we have psychological stress that is at higher levels than ever. We also have other forms of stresses on our body. So it's not just psychological stress that can lead to adrenal fatigue. It could be physical stress. So you could burn yourself out physically by doing excessive amounts of endurance exercise, for an example, not giving yourself enough time to recover. You could do this by constantly or mechanically stressing your body by physical trauma, head trauma or an injury. So any stress on the body, whether it's psychological, physical, chemical, toxicological stress, all of these stresses require the adrenal gland to comp help us compensate, recover, and balance, and help our bodies to regain some form of balance. So if you're exposed to any of these forms of stresses constantly at a prolonged basis to a point where your adrenal glands are not able to produce the stress-buffering hormone called cortisol, you could get adrenal fatigue. Can you eat yourself into adrenal fatigue? There is connections between certain types of diet. So, for example, one of the things they found that's a stress on the body is controlling blood sugar. So if you are eating, you're eating irregular meals, very high sugar, your sugar levels spiking up, crashing down, your body has to compensate to, in order to give you some kind of buffer effect. That is a stress in itself. That type of, of unhealthy eating patterns and unhealthy dietary choices 
in itself is a stress, it could contribute to the problem. It's not the cause. Usually, certainly in practice, the number one cause of the problem is yes. prolonged or protracted or ongoing psychological stress. Is it a now psychological stress or is it perhaps a person that experienced something in their youth and they haven't dealt with it and you walk with that baggage? Yeah, unresolved trauma, absolutely. So that would be a, 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 an ongoing chronic stress that's sitting in the background on on top of which your day-to-day normal stresses will, will, will be built. Because what I'm trying to point out here, adrenal fatigue is not something that is just periodically. It's a multitude of things. Yeah, usually it's multifactorial, so a combination of stresses. For example, a patient presents and they have an elderly parent that they're looking after. Yes. They have a child writing matric at the same time. There was a death in the family perhaps a few months ago and maybe um, you know someone else has been ill, or they and they and they're under pressure at work. Yes, and the interest rate is is, is increased. Financial stress. Put it all together. Yes, symptoms get to a, a threshold point, and the patient now becomes symptomatic. So it's normally a combination of multitude of stresses, but you do get cases where it's ever since uh, for, you know maybe there's PTSD, post traumatic stress disorder. Yes. This is not unresolved, and yes. it's the, the 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 main contributing factor. And then you add a few little stresses on top, and then the symptoms start to emerge. You've got a wonderful way of explaining how we have a field of protection around us. Yes, like a bubble. Yes. So the best way to understand how the adrenal glands work. So remember, the adrenal glands is two of them. Yes. They sit on top of the kidneys, and they are instructed to produce certain hormones, a variety of them. We're only focusing really on the adrenal cortex, which is part of the adrenal gland that makes cortisol, but it receives instructions from the brain. So the hypothalamus is in the brain. It tells and can sense when you're stressed. The hypothalamus then sends a messenger to the pituitary gland, which is another, uh, uh, the master gland, which is also attached to the brain. It's saying release a hormone. This hormone goes to the adrenal gland. So there's a bit of a pass the message process. Yes. And this hormone then tells the adrenal gland, we are stressed, make cortisol, we need cushioning, we need buffering from stress. So the adrenal glands are constantly doing this for us without us knowing. And the best way to think about it, as you said, is like this protective shield or bubble around your body. Now, as you go through life, stresses come your way. And if you think of us, every stress you face as someone maybe throwing a stone at you. Yes. And the stone comes along, it hits this protective shield, it bounces off. You deal with the stress, no problem, there's no residual effect, and you carry on. Doesn't crack the glass. Doesn't nothing. crack the glass, the bubble is still intact. So yeah. you've got good, healthy adrenal function, you've got this protective mechanism. But if you're now faced with many boulders, not little stones, but coming one after the other and hitting the shield, the shield can become weakened. Yes. And eventually the shield can get to a point where it's not there. Yes. And when that shield gets to that level of deterioration or weakness, the slightest little pebble, or grain of sand that would normally just bounce off and you wouldn't even react. It's going to go into react, your eye. Comes straight in and hits you. That is it. If you understand that, you can understand what happens when you have adrenal fatigue. And that's where we say the straw that broke the camel's back. Correct. Something small that you think is so insignificant should not have. And it was just that one last incident that made the person just break. Correct. And it is a million pieces and then... They end up in doctor's rooms 
and the doctor then says what? This is where it gets interesting because the if you look at the symptoms of adrenal fatigue, and maybe we should just run through those symptoms yes. first. They're wired, and obviously the word fatigue gives it away that patients say they're tired. This is quite nonspecific and could be anything. But you've got to listen to the words carefully that they choose when they're explaining how they feel. And you normally they say, I'm not coping. Okay, you often hear that word coping with the normal day-to-day stresses. I'm not coping with the things that I always used to cope with. I'm not managing to do what I used to do. I'm getting overwhelmed. Those are the key words that you listen out for. And, of course, the fatigue. And then you start asking, are there any physical symptoms that they have? And there are some key ones to look out for. Number one. Immune system. Yeah. They get run down. So you hear that word, I'm run down. I'm getting sick all the time. I'm sure these are words that we use. They pick uh, up every disease. I pick out up there. every single thing. And uh, it becomes I never bad. used to get sick. Now, yeah. every few months, I'm getting sick. Mm. Respiratory tract infections is a classic example. So, recurring infections. The other thing they get is interestingly, they start craving stimulants. So, in mm. order to function during the day, they have to have their coffee, they have to have their sugar. So, they either crave caffeine. Salty things or sweet things. Oh, salty as well. Salty and sweet. Oh. These are the things that they tell you. So you get these strange cravings. They need stimulants. They need their energy drinks to function. The caffeine, you know, that's how they they function from day to day. That's a classic giveaway. Sensitivity to bright light is another thing. Think about it. Bright light is a stress for the body. Your pupils have to constrict to manage it. It's a stress. So they find I'm really sensitive to bright light. The other thing they'll tell you about, low libido. Okay, oh. that's another, that's a luxury. Body shuts it down when you're under pressure. That's a luxury. And there may be other hormonal symptoms. And then key to picking it up is cortisol not only gives you a protective shield around your body, but cortisol is your own natural anti-inflammatory, your own built-in cortisone. Okay. So when your cortisol levels drop and your adrenals can't make enough of it, you suddenly start becoming inflamed. Your asthma gets worse or your eczema flares up or you develop these things for the first time with no history. Psoriasis. Any inflammatory condition, joint pain. Yes. So you no longer have the protective effect physically from inflammation. When you really unpack the case, you start seeing all these types of symptoms. You need the history, what's happened, what's going on in your life. And you can piece it together. And then finally, if you don't listen to the whole picture, it could look like this person is just depressed. Yes, I wanted to ask you, so is mood burnout drops, actually depression? It can look just like depression. And, of course, there are cases that are just depression. But I can tell you from my own experience in many, many patients that I've seen who come with adrenal fatigue have been already diagnosed as being depressed. And when I say depressed, I'm putting it in italics because at face value – you're tired, you don't want to do anything, you've got no motivation, you're, you're exhausted, you're what overwhelmed. What is that with apathy? You, maybe there's apathy, you're losing interest in things. These are all depression symptoms. So here comes the label of depression, and these patients are put on antidepressant medication. And what does that do to the adrenals? Well, it's going to do nothing for the adrenals. It might buy them a bit of time and help them to function a bit better, but it's not going to energize or refuel or repair the adrenal glands in any way. Oh. So it, it's like putting a Band-Aid on. You, you'll feel a bit better, but you probably are not going to get really well or back to where you were initially. So, so it can you, be confused with depression. Okay, so all those are the key 
points that people need to look at. And if you want to go and read those key points, please go to our website, the Living Naturally website. If you go under the articles and lifestyle, you'll find the article written by Dr. Dave on adrenal fatigue and burnout. But then you now as a doctor, would you clarify that this patient that is sitting opposite you that's asking for help, will you first send the person for a cortisol blood test? As you correctly say, you can objectively measure adrenal fatigue to a point. For example, if it's fairly advanced, you can do a morning cortisol test before nine o'clock. Cortisol is supposed to be at its highest within an hour after getting up in the morning, more or less. If you do a morning cortisol blood test at that time and you see the levels are too low, then it's suggestive of adrenal insufficiency maybe, but only if it's really low. But if you look at the reference ranges that the lab uses, they are going to give you the reference ranges for Addison's disease. Oh. So often it'll come back saying normal. But in practice, we, we, we don't read. use that reference range. We, mm. we, we look at it more deeper. Mm. If patients are on that lower end of the normal range of a morning cortisol, then that is useful additional information that can confirm that this is the case. Um, so, yes, there are those tests. There are also saliva cortisol tests that are available oh. as well. Um, where you can map the cortisol levels in the morning, midday, and at midnight. That also gives you an idea of how your cortisol levels, are they rising at the right time? Are they dropping at the right time? That's also important. So there are ways that you can measure it, but you need to get the full case history. You need The, the, the symptoms actually are, are really, really key here as well in the history. Is it something that you see more in a certain age group and a certain gender? If you look at the published literature, so we'll, I'll tell you what the published literature says and I'll tell you what I see. Mm. The published literature specifically flags certain at-risk groups. So if you're looking at professionally, the at-risk groups are the, are the healthcare professionals for sure. Wow. The service providers, the people, the, so we're looking at nurses, we're looking doctors. At nurses doctors, clinicians. We're mm. looking at teachers. We're mm. looking at mm. people working police. with social welfare, police, yes. uh, emergency care yes, providers. fire brigade. Very, very exactly. much. So they are, are high risk for various reasons. There's also other factors like sleep and shift work and things that creep in. As far as what I see in practice, it affects all shapes and sizes and all ages. Oh. We are seeing it more and more in younger patients, whereas we didn't see it before. And certainly since the pandemic, we, we're starting to see this more and more in younger patients. Traditionally, it was more your middle-aged, say 40 and up patients that would experience it more. We see it more in women because I think women come for help quicker than men. I think it exists as equally in men as it does in women, but women come and seek treatment quicker than men do. In my experience, it can affect anyone. It just depends on what's happening in your life and what's going on with your lifestyle. It's a psychological impact. Absolutely, because I have patients who come in and see me for this who just are not functioning. No, they're not Um, coping. They're not coping at all. They can't function with what they've always done. So it can be at that level. It can be at that extreme stage. If a person walks into your room and you've now diagnosed it, do you grade them at a level? Okay, you are beginning to show the signs of adrenal fatigue or you are full-blown adrenal fatigue? Yeah, so there there are different stages in, in, in the literature. I don't formally do a rating process. 
But you do get the patients who are at the sort of exhaustion or the full-on burnout phase. Those are the ones who are looking depressed. Those are the ones who are not functioning, not coping at all. They may now experience uh, anxiety, you know, depressive symptoms. So they're at that stage. And then you get those who are not quite there, but they're heading there. You know, that would obviously impact on, on your treatment methods and things that you need to do. So treatment would be very selective per person because a, a, this person shows it more in the fact that they're not sleeping. Yeah. That person shows it more in the fact that they are their diet is just completely gone wrong and that needs to be addressed. Mm. And the other person it is just the, the stress levels of work is too much for them. But when they are at home or they're on holiday, then they're much better. Mm. So you would address you have to it tailor. You have to tailor the approach. There obviously are some common guidelines that you would recommend for patients who are pushing their adrenals to the extreme. And what are those? There would be dietary guidelines. Um, as we touched on earlier, the first thing you have to do is get rid of the stimulants yes. in the diet as much as possible. You need a low glycemic index diet, meaning you don't want sugar levels spiking up and down, which in itself is a stress. You want more frequent re- uh, meals as opposed to skipping meals, blood sugar levels crashing, that's a stress on the body, so you want to keep blood sugar as stable as possible. So that means unprocessed, unrefined foods, whole grains, healthy fats, good quality protein, no extremes, and of course water intake as well. Without water, we, we're basically not going to function optimally. So you need to look at diet. You need to remove all the sugary stuff and, um, as I said, the stimulant. So you've got to start there. You've got to look at lifestyle. Dr. Dave. Yes. If I am that person... And I now cut out the sugar and the stimulants. What's going to happen to me? Well, you'll find it difficult at first. I wouldn't just do that. How long will it take me to get over that? It's going to take you. Certainly with caffeine, a lot of people are relying heavily on caffeine. And so, sugar. And sugar, absolutely. So and these you, energy drinks. You wouldn't just take those away and do nothing. There has to be something that's going to come so in So how would place. you do that? Because we know that that Mediterranean diet is the best diet mm. to follow. The whole world needs to follow the Mediterranean diet mm. and drink more water. But I am feeling like this. I am weak. I am adrenal fatigue mm. diagnosed. Yeah. How do you help them to get off it? Besides the lifestyle and the dietary changes, then in herbal medicine, there, there are things called adaptogens. Okay. So adaptogens are specific type of herbal medicines that feed and support the body's ability to cope with stress. And they, a lot of them work directly on the adrenal gland. So we have, nature provides these things. Wonderful. They are there. And there is a lot of research on adaptogens spanning many, many years for its use in various contexts of helping the body to cope with stress and helping the body's own stress balancing mechanisms to work better. So that will help you to not need that caffeine and sugar. Correct. If you, and what are they? There's specific adaptogens which are, are, are known in Western herbal medicine. And I'm sure some of these names are names people have heard, like ginseng, okay. what we call Panax ginseng specifically. Yes. There is Withania somnifera, which is something called ashwagandha. Yes, I just want to say, ashwagandha yeah, has the, to be in here. It's very popular, very well known. Mm. We have others like rhodiola rosea, yes. which is also a very good one. Uh, we have another one called Leuthrococcus. So there are a number of these well-researched adaptogenic herbs which nourish, feed the adrenal glands, and by the nature of their classification as an adaptogen, they help our body to cope better 
under stress. So they're really useful in this context. Is it something that you can only get from a person like yourself being a homeopathic doctor? You can get a lot of these over the counter. What makes do we need to look out for? What is the one that you would suggest? So there was the there was a lot of research done by Russian scientists in the 50s and 60s on athletes and they actually found that a lot of these adaptogenic herbs actually helped athletes cope from physical stress and recover quicker from exercise. So there's a lot of that background. Your ginseng for an example yeah. is a classic one. But then it was discovered that these also help with psychological stress through the adrenal supportive action. So a person needs to go to a pharmacy and or a, a doctor like yourself and ask for or a good a quality. A phytotherapist would give you, that would be your best okay. access to the best quality herbal products. You can get, like I say, you can get some of these over the counter. The strengths that you will get over the counter are not going to be necessarily at the level that you would get from a, a practitioner. registered practitioner. Yes. But they're out there, um, and, and these are specific for this. I just love it that nature has got a way to help us. Absolutely. And they're called adaptogens. Why are they called that word? Well, the word adapt kind of gives it away in helping you to adapt or cope better with stress. That's, that's so, wonderful. Um, so they, they're the specific actual remedies. Okay. So that is now the one part. We're going to change the diet. You can change the diet. We have to look at lifestyle. We're going to use adaptogens. You can look What's at adaptogens. You have to look at sustainability of lifestyle, as I said now. Uh, we have to teach patients to deal better and cope better with stress. So there are different techniques, and we've touched on them in other interviews here before, de-stressing methods and techniques that are really key. We have to get them also refer to psychologists where it's necessary for counseling. So if there has been a major trauma or trigger that you can identify, that needs to be dealt with. That's a, a long road that that patient needs to go down to try and unravel and undo the harmful effects of, of, of chronic trauma or, or unresolved trauma. So that has to be brought in as well. That is so crucially important because you can't medicate emotions away by taking a product. No, you can't. And you can't take it away by going for a walk in the woods. No. You take it away by dealing with it, by taking it and putting it in a specific file in your brain where it's put away because that experience won't go away. You can't rub it out of your brain. But you've got to deal with it. You've got to… Process it. That's the word. Process, process it out. It. Yes. Yeah. You need to process your emotions. I think of a person very dear to me. He had adrenal fatigue very, very severely constantly ill and exhaustion, absolute exhaustion, couldn't sleep properly at night. And he got himself onto this lifestyle change, used the right products to get better. And you know what happened? Hijacking the trauma that that man went through and had to deal. And he had just got himself to such a better place in the adrenal fatigue. And that moment in life went and knocked him 10 steps back again. And he needed to start not from the bottom, but he needed to deal with it. But fortunately, he knew that the trauma that he experienced needed to be dealt with. And you can't just say, I'm fine, I'm fine, oh, I'm so lucky the bullet didn't hit me. But he needed to deal with mm. the trauma. Mm. And when he dealt with the trauma, the recovery was far quicker mm. than it was initially when he was diagnosed with adrenal fatigue. Mm. That is what I have seen for myself with a person with adrenal fatigue. Now, is adrenal fatigue something that you're going to have now? If you've had it before and you've perhaps overcome it, is it going to be something that you can easily get again? 
If you overcome it properly and you restore the adrenal function and you resolve and you've dealt with the things that got you there in the first place, you should be on an even par with anyone else. You know, it, you're only going to go back there if the 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 stressors which led to it in the first place have not been fully resolved or they're going to persist. You've got a memory bank and your cells have got a memory bank. And where you initially wouldn't have reacted so so quickly to something, will it mean that you can, in the future, if a new stress falls on you, that you will react quicker? It could be. It would depend on the degree to which you've, you've resolved the the previous okay. episode. Okay. So you um, need to get your shield back up. Again. You need to get the shield. So if the shield is partially restored. Yeah. That's one gonna, thing. If it's, it's fully break. restored, it's fully restored. Okay. So this is something that I want to say. It's not a. Do you, do you call this a, a treatment? Do you yes. treat adrenal fatigue? Absolutely. Okay. And is it curable? I would say yes. Yes. I love that. Yes. What hope can we give people? Eh. It is curable. You can overcome this, but it is a full package. It's to understand its origin, to understand where it's come from and what to do. Are there other products and things that you would give? Yeah, look, so just very basically B vitamins also are important for adrenal function. Because it feeds the central nervous system. Correct. So B vitamin supplementation is a common one, as is vitamin C. It's a lot of evidence of that now as well with adrenals. So magnesium is the other one. So there are some basics, uh, vitamins and mineral supplements that are, are worthwhile adding in. Then there's some other specific lifestyle things that we would do as well. As we said earlier, this is a holistic approach. We've got to change the diet, making profound lifestyle changes. We've got to look at physiological things like supporting the adrenal glands themselves and the nervous system for that matter because remember that it's the nervous system that is stressed first. The adrenals then react. So there are also many remedies both in homeopathy, both in Western herbal medicine, which also support and feed the nervous system. In herbal medicine, it's called, they're called nervines. So you need to look and consider those. Yeah, those are very specific, and your practitioner will recommend for your picture, your symptoms. Correct. So th there is not just a one-fits-all product. N no, that's also an individualized mm. approach that needs to be taken, and they need to see a practitioner for that. And I often say this, you need a holistic approach, but with adrenal fatigue, it really, really has to be you have to come at this from as many angles as possible. And this is not something you should try and treat yourself? No, this is not something I would manage on my own. You know, it's one thing if you've been diagnosed and you're now managing your lifestyle and doing that, but you, you still need to be under the care of a practitioner, at least initially to help you understand what's going wrong with you, what you need to do, where you can correct things. And then you certainly will play a major role, but it shouldn't be something you're managing all on your own. How long does it take to overcome it? I think in practice, depending on, on where the person is in the process, the person comes in right at the end, at the severe point, um, it'll be nothing less than three months. Okay. So don't expect miracles it's overnight. Not, no, you're not going to get miracles overnight. You're looking at about three months, maybe more in some cases. Generally, I would, I would, on average, I would say you need three months. What will you experience first as that first step that says, I'm going in the right direction? I often say to patients, it's like the lights start coming on in rooms that you've forgotten existed. Oh. A lot of patients get so used to having feeling this way that they've forgotten what it's like to actually feel well. 
suddenly you start getting these subtle things happening. But of course, energy levels, mood, outlook, motivation, sleeping better. Wanting um, to do things. Wanting to do things again. The lights are coming back on. You Hearing know, the birds. That kind of thing. So it can be very subtle at first. Okay. But usually in that first month on treatment, patients will already feel, be objectively able to say something is happening. I'm improving. I'm turning the corner. And then it just compounds from there. I can imagine that there would be many homeopathic remedies that can also unlock and help that Absolutely. person tremendously. But there are some of them that give us a little bit of tears before they we feel yeah, better. Yeah, there could be a release of something that's yes. been held or been uh, or being retained um, for sure. And so, sometimes that's necessary. Yes, I just wanted to say there are tears, tears of joy, but you've got to first cry in order for the heart to be healed. Yep, for sure. So that can also maybe for some people... Frozen down emotions that you need to... Yes, because you've built this little wall around yourself and you're protecting yourself from whatever happened. Yep. And you need to break that little wall down because we are supposed to be community, Mm -hmm. fellowshipping, Mm -hmm. family, togetherness. That is, man is not an island. It's a classic coping mechanism. Batten down the hatches, isolate, withdraw, you know, classic coping mechanism. But um, certainly in the short term, that can help you. But in the long term, it might it might hinder your full recovery. Do you give Bach flower remedies here? Absolutely, Bach flower, and and the nice thing with Bach flowers is you can you can individualize the script yes. for that particular patient. Yes. So you need to listen for the key words that they tell you, the themes of the, the that they tell you when they're giving you their history and how they feel and what this impact has been on their life. Bach flowers are are really really a good idea here as well. They are profound. And gentle. Hmm. That is what I have found with Bach. They are absolute beautiful products. People need to know them. You can go and Google Bach flower remedies. And you can, on the internet, they've got questionnaires there that say, is this what you feel like? Is that what you feel like? And you say, this is me, this is me. And on the internet, it, I think the Bach platform then tells you what are the remedies that you can get. But to find these remedies is difficult. They're not readily available in our country. The one that is, is called Rescue. But Rescue is just five. There are 38 of them that you can get. And um, you need to go and see a person like a Dr. Dave. Your your homeopath, your phytotherapist, your integrative doctor that understands Bach flower remedies. And they will have, what do you call them, the masters? The, the yeah, they'll have the in individual in, uh, remedies on their own. And, and then, then they can make it up They will you. make the combination that fits your Correct. specific scenario. Correct. And my mom always said, when you start to forget to take your Bach flower remedies, that's when you don't need it anymore. Hmm. Those were her words to me always. And they have changed lives. They are gem products that people need to know that that world of, of, of medicine exists. But it is emotional stuff. That's Bach flower remedies. So it can happen to anyone. It can happen at any age. It's not just something that happens because my job is just too stressful for me. Hmm. Not it, necessarily. No. It can be a lot. It's usually a lot more than that. Yes. Do you find that there is a specific time of year that you see this more? In your practice? Yeah, I think people are higher at risk when they are under the most amount of pressure. And when so is that? when exam time. So oh. certainly now we see we see a lot of this end of the year final exams, both in um, at tertiary level and at school level as well. You also have a lot of people who have to in order to shut down and close down for the year, they have to their their, their last sort of three, four weeks of 
of the year are extremely pressured. So yeah, this time of year is a high pressured time. There are also lots of other stresses that come with the festive season, family strains and stresses, and uh, and we've spoken about the stress <laughs> of planning a holiday. Um, you can can you believe it? It is one of the one of the things that cause a lot of stress. So I think yeah, when 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 our normal when we're out of our normal routine, mm. that is a stress. And towards the end of the year, this is often where we go out of routine. And that is a stress. And you're not seeing it that it is an income group that is a higher income group earner that has got more adrenal fatigue than a lower income group earner. Cross it the is board. Across the board. Across the board. No one's. No one it's, is exempt. It's not, the, it's not the manager, but the person that's just every day doing the same thing, and they. It's across the board. It's across. Across the board, it's because everybody. people they may have different types of stress. Yeah. But they both experience stress. They're in their own way and in their own lives. So it's it's across the board. So in the A Vogel range, we've got a product called Valeriana, Valerian. Mm. It is a gem of a product that is, it's for me, it's a sleeping beauty that needs to be kissed. Mm. And people need to know about this product because it calms you. Mm. And, and it's a herbal medicine that helps you to relax and it helps you to sleep better. Mm. And it, it's, it's something that you can use long term. And it's something that's safe to use with other medicines should you perhaps be on uh, blood pressure medication or heart medication. You can take it. It's safe to take with it. I think of biostrath and its ability to absorb the nutrients into your body. Um, but today, adrenal fatigue, the hope that we are sharing is the fact that when you go and see the right person, go and see a phytotherapist, go and see a homeopathic doctor, go and see an integrative medicine doctor, a person that can listen and pick up the whole picture of what is going on in your life, asking the right questions about since when has it started, what makes it worse, tell me about your life, what is it like driving, did you always enjoy driving or are you now scared being behind the wheel, are you sensitive to loud noises, to bright light, all those things that you mentioned. It's all in your article. That could be the diagnosis. And then once you have this diagnosis, the treatment starts with what you can do yourself. What you can do yourself is what you eat and what you drink. Those are the things that we as humans can control. I can choose to drink more water. I can choose to eat healthier. Although my body is screaming and craving sugar and salty and caffeine kind of thing, stimulants, not to have them, there are adaptogens to help me. So now I need to know I can use those. And you will get over it. The sweet tooth will go away. The, the feeling of wanting the stimulant will go away. It's not something that will come back the moment you stop the adaptogens. The body adapts, it changes, it can go back to that balance that it needs to have. And then it is to you yourself, as a person that's been diagnosed with adrenal fatigue, to identify the causes and to address those causes. Do not go and box them. Don't hide them away in the bottom drawer. Don't think that just because you do not give them attention that they are gone. They come out in your dreams. They come out in moments when that straw breaks that camel's back. And you've got to deal with it. And if dealing with it is seeing a friend that you can talk to, to talk it through, writing it out, giving it to the person that needs to be forgiven, if that's what needs to be done, forgiving yourself. That's something that human beings don't readily do for themselves. It's a gift to forgive yourself. 
And then it is to perhaps maybe see a counselor or a life coach or somebody and understanding yourself a little bit better. There are so many things that we can do. I think of something called the Gallup Industry Strengths Finders. When I realize that this world exists, that shows me a little bit more of a picture of who I am. And why I'm wired the way I'm wired. Self-awareness. Yes. It just makes you understand yourself. And when the other person that you are working with or living with, or you call it family, knows how you are wired and you know how they are wired, you can deal with each other's emotions or and eruptions when they happen. I think that is a great idea to to just to understand and understanding yourself and those that you interact with. So if that is what you've got to do, then that is what you've got to do. But there are beautiful natural medicines in the world of homeopathic medicines, in the world of Bachflower remedies, of herbal medicine, that a Dr. David can prescribe for you to help you to walk yourself through this time to get you to that other side so that those shields can be strong again so that when life stresses because they are going to come again that when they do they don't break the shield that your body doesn't react to it and make that high level of inflammation and that weakened immune system again so it can be dealt with and that is such great news that adrenal fatigue and burnout is not a life sentence it can be dealt with and you can overcome it so adrenal fatigue burnout there's a similarity and we've got to bring them closer to each other mm-hmm. thank you dr dave what an absolutely fascinating topic thank you dr dave pleasure